Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. What is up, Steeler fans? What a dominating performance by the Pittsburgh Steelers this entire preseason. We're going to talk about that. We're going to talk about the win against the uh, uh, Atlanta Falcons last night in an, another dominating, in my opinion. We're going to get on into all of it. I'm Daniel J., your Steel Curtain Network host. This is State of the Steelers, and today we're talking about the preseason dominance that went unmatched. So... Pittsburgh Steelers won 24 to 0 going 3 0 in the um in the preseason. I think you know some people are a little bit worried about that, right? Is it a curse? There's a lot of bad teams that have gone 3 and 0 in the preseason and then it doesn't translate into the regular season. And I for one don't think that that's going to be the case. for instance, those bad teams that went 3 and 0 uh, typically went three and zero because their offense, defensive starters, uh, played longer. You know, especially um, you know you want to you want your starters to end on a good note. So sometimes you'll see kind of kind of like what we saw tonight uh, last night from the Pittsburgh Steelers and the Atlanta Falcons, where the Steelers played their starters, the Atlanta Falcons didn't, and it was what you saw. Now. In years behind, in years past, in my opinion, we have seen you know bad teams keep their starters out there uh, until they do good, and the Steelers—that's not the case. The Steelers have dominated very early in every game. In fact, every drive that Kenny Pickett was out there on was was a touchdown drive. The entire preseason. You know, outside of this game against Atlanta, the other two preseason games were against starters. So that was ones versus ones. And in fact, last week against the Bills, that was a team that was uh, that is usually a favorite, you know, for the AFC or or a high favorite in the uh, in the postseason to to always to make a postseason run. Right? You know, Josh Allen is has been a guy that has. Um, you know, he's on the cover of that in this year, so he must be doing something right, right? And so, you know, the Steelers went up against their that team last week and showed dominance against a, a great team. So this week, is it is it uh, unfair to say that it's the same thing this week 
because the Atlanta Falcons didn't play majority of their starters? I would say, yeah, that that's not the same thing. But one thing about this team in years past is that they would play down to the competition. And we didn't see that yet the last night. Also, you know, I think it would be more concerning or the level of um, importance would have been more on if the Pittsburgh Steelers came out and on their face, right? Didn't do too well. I think I think that would have said a lot more versus, you know, them coming out and showing dominance because, you know, you're, you are they are going up against the second team in most cases. And, and last night, that is, you know, in every position for most cases. So if the Steelers come out there and it's a competitive match, then that doesn't look good for the team. You know, for them to come out there and dominate, that's what you expect out of this team. You know, this team can only play against the players and team that is in front of them. And I think they did a great job. Let's talk about the defense first. You know, I want to say this. I, I, I'm not sure how much we're going to see of Joey Porter early on in this season. You know, up to this point, I can't recall a moment. You know, and, and, and granted, he didn't play the first game, but in the last two games, I don't, I don't, I don't recall him out there with the first team. Now I've seen him come out there with the second team. Now, yeah, you don't want to show you know, opposing offenses and opposing teams that the Pittsburgh Steelers are going to play, you know, where they're going to move Patrick Peterson if they bring in a Joey Porter Jr. or who's going to play where. You want to keep those things a secret. So with that said, I do think that there is going to be a certain package out there. But for the fact that he didn't play with the ones, I don't know. To me, that that, that kind of says something. That says that maybe perhaps we're putting the uh, cart before the horse when it comes to Joy Porter Jr. And he, he he's, he's a rookie. I think he's going to get there. He had a great game last night. He had a great game against Buffalo. Had his first interception in that game. I just don't see how, you know, he'll be out there with the first team if during this setting he wasn't taking any first team reps throughout the entire preseason. You know, just something that I had noticed, but on the first, you know, possession for the defense, and I know the offense took possession, but we're going to talk about the offense in the second half. Now I'm recording this after the game. So it's, it's a little bit late here. I'll, uh, it'll probably be a shorter podcast because of that, but the uh, Pittsburgh Steelers, you know, they ended up starting off with the ball and scored a touchdown, but defensively, their first series, three and out, three plays, negative 11 yards. All right. You had a shotgun um, run for a loss of four. A Heineke sack for a loss of seven. And then a Heineke passing complete. Now, Desmond Ritter didn't play for all and purposes, uh, we, I believe that he's going to end up being that he is the starter for the Atlanta Falcons this year. Um, you know, Tyler Heineke is 
a career backup. That's what he is. You shouldn't expect more than what we saw. The Falcons' second possession, they did a little bit more. They got nine yards, but still three and out. The next drive for the Falcons. Was a uh, six play, 15 yards, and then a punt. Where in this game, or in this, you know, I've, there was just a, um, you know, the Steelers were just dominant. Defense was all over the place. Um, the TJ Watt ended up getting a, a an impressive sack this, you know, last night. Um, it, it was it was a great uh, defensive. On the following drive for the uh, Atlanta Falcons, it was also ended up in a punt. But this was a drive where Landon Roberts really showed up. You know, he had a sack, and then um, he had a uh, a tackle that was huge, strong, physical. You know, I was calling the game on my State of the Steelers YouTube channel, and you know, I, I was talking about how impressive the inside linebackers look compared to last year. You know, you had Devin Bush, who just kind of lacked some heart. You know what I'm saying? And then you had Miles Jack, who, you know, is a good linebacker when healthy. The problem was he wasn't healthy last season. You know, he ended up hiring, you know, earlier this week. I can assume based on probably, I don't know, I think maybe he uh, tweaked his groin again. And, you know, he knew he wasn't the same player last year that he could have been. You know, after he had tweaked his soft tissue, uh, a soft tissue uh, growing pool, you know, he 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 did his best, you know, and I uh, we appreciate his efforts, as Mike Tomlin would probably say. But at the end of the day, you know, it's you have to perform and his performance wasn't to the standard. In my opinion. And so, you know, Steelers go out there and not only just change one person. It's not just Devin Bush. It's not just Miles Jack. It's Robert Spillane. It's Jerry O, the coach. Complete overhaul. Complete overhaul. And, you know, at the time, I thought it maybe it's a little drastic. But after seeing, you know, what this inside linebacker group has done in training camp and preseason thus far and comparing it to what we've seen out of the inside linebacker group in the last couple of years, uh, it was definitely a move that needed to take place. Now, the the next drive I'll reference from the Atlanta Falcons in this game, you know, um, offensively is their 12-play, 73-yard drive. That was really the only drive that was threatening what would be a, a shutout win for the Pittsburgh Steelers. Um, where it appeared to me that Joey Porter knocked out uh, the ball out of um, Washington. Um, and and Mark Robinson ended up recovering it at the Pittsburgh Five. So, you know, it, it was a great play, and it was another turnover play that was, you know, done by Joey Porter Jr., you know, last week he ended up having an interception. This week, it looked like he punched the ball out. 
it was impressive. It was an impressive drive. I, I thought that, you know, it's one of those situations where not everything's going to go right for you, right? And the team was put it get their backs against the wall in that situation. And, you know, it's been, but don't, but don't break. And I, for one, thought that um, that was impressive. And they didn't, you know, the Falcons didn't come close the rest of the game. But, hey, we're going to take a break. When we get back, we're going to talk about the offensive um, dominance and how good that, you know, Kenny Pickett and, and the rest of the Pittsburgh Steelers offense played. Don't go anywhere. Just got a few words from our sponsors. Hey, check it out. You made it back to the other side. Well, we're talking about the uh, Pittsburgh Steelers' dominant preseason performance, including last night's victory over the Atlanta Falcons, a 24-0 in a uh, performance that capped off a perfect preseason for the Pittsburghs. Before we get into it, there's a contest I want to talk to you guys about. Um, Are you a fan of of an NFL team? Would you love to attend your favorite team's Week one game, well, you're in luck. Fan Sports Network is giving away four tickets to the week to a week one NFL game of your choice, up to five thousand dollars. The rules are the rules to enter are simple. Step one: go to contest.fansfirstsports.com and fill out the appropriate information. Step two: find us on Facebook and like our page. That's it. Once you've done that, you've been officially registered to win four free tickets to any week one NFL game. What are you waiting for? Go enter for your shot at seeing your favorite team in action. The contest ends on September 4th. You still have time to go check that out. Go see the Pittsburgh Steelers take on uh, the 49ers and see Kenny Pickett really shine. But uh, speaking about Kenny Pickett, he looked impressive again. You know, every drive he's been in in this preseason has ended up with a touchdown on the scoreboard. And, you know, I I get it. You don't want to get too hype right now. It's just preseason. I understand that. I understand. But like I said, you can only play the people or the players that are in front of you and the team that is on the schedule. And there was a play in the first drive that ended up with a and touchdown uh, that to me just kind of showcased Kenny Pickett's, you know, accuracy. And I think he kind of wanted to showcase that he does have an arm and that he can push the ball down the field. You know, he hit, he hit George Pickens 35 yards down the field at the one who George, who made a heck of a catch, keeping his feet in bounds. And then reaching, I thought he almost got the touchdown. He was the one. Uh, fortunately, the Pittsburgh Steelers, Najee Harris, can get a uh, one-yard touchdown, you know, on the very play on first down. 
But that catch was amazing. But it, it wouldn't have been a great catch. The position of the ball wasn't where it was at. You know, Pickens had a high point the ball. The coverage against him was actually pretty good. And, you know, if the ball was any lower, it's getting deflected by the uh, the cornerback. So, you know, Pickett put it in a place where only George could catch it. And given George Pickens' crazy, crazy catch radius, he was able to to bring it in with his body control, keep his toes in bounds, and led to a Najee Harris one-yard rushing touchdown. I thought it was super impressive. You know, the second play or the second um, series comes after another pretty long Calvin Austin return, you know, um, to the Atlanta 29 uh, for 21 yards. And, you know, the uh, went to the 50s, so the Steelers ended up getting the ball like somewhere around the uh, the 30 on that drive. But, uh, you know, Kenny Pickett, you know, well in this drive. Oh, you know what? I think there was a penalty or something because on the next drive, they were they were back down. <laughs> you know, I got my notes a little bit mixed up. I apologize. The other pattern to talk about that that Kenny pushed down the field was the long pass in the first drive to Deontay Johnson. You know, that play also was covered diesel and Kenny put it in the bread basket. Perfect throw. It dropped in from the sky like a, uh, like a bucket. It would have been a, uh, if this was basketball, that would have been a nothing but net swish. It was just the perfect throw. You know, it, it dropped in perfectly. You know, I'm impressed. I'm impressed by what Kenny Pickett was able to do. You know, that was a that was a 33 yarder. You know, the the uh, the pass to George Pickens was 35. You know, these are these are deeper passes down the field. His, you know, he went four for four. You know, he didn't get a touchdown today. Uh, he didn't have to. His running backs did. And Galen Warren showed again. You know why he should get some carries. He was able to will his way into the end zone there. And, you know, I know there's a lot of people that say, you know, Jalen Warren should play over Najee. I'd wait until after, you know, first couple of games of the regular season before, you know, you start making those type of claims because Najee really hasn't, you know, touched the ball on the running game a whole lot this preseason. You know, they they don't want to – I assume the Steelers are going to want to utilize businesses throughout the entire season, and they know what they have in him. I don't think they wanted to put him in too much uh, harm's way in games that don't count. So let's wait until the regular season. Let's see what he's able to do when he's the uh, – there's a game plan put in place and he's part of it, and uh, he gets a full game to you know beat down the opposing defense. The following drive started off with Mitch Trubisky replacing uh, Kenny Pickett. It was a nine play, 55 yards, ended in a field goal. 
And then they had a, a touchdown um, to make it 24 to zero. And in this, this drive here, it was a long one. It was 11 plays, 78, six yards. But in my opinion, it's a, yeah, it was heavily aided by penalties uh, from the Atlanta Falcons. And so, you know, there was several occasions where they probably should have punted on this drive. But fortunately, they, they, you know, they were able to put themselves in a good position and, and go down there and, and score a touchdown. And it was an Anthony McFarlane, you know, touchdown, you know, for five yards. It was a run, um, not necessarily up the middle, but in the goal line situation. And last season, or last week, I'm sorry, I found it odd that the Pittsburgh Steelers were putting Anthony McFarlane in their own goal line. I thought they were setting him up to, you know, setting him up for failure. Now, I do the uh, hangover show with uh, Shannon White, and I had asked him last week on the hangover, hey, um, you know, what do you think about the, um, you know, Anthony McFarlane uh, being utilized in the um, in the goal line like that, and and he said something was something like he thought it was a, a challenge to Anthony McFarlane by Mike Tomlin. And you know what? I, I think he's right. I think that's what the case was because Anthony McFarlane has had a good um, training camp so thus far, pretty decent um, preseason. He broke off a couple of long runs, made a touchdown. And on this touchdown drive run, Anthony McFarlane gets hit like around the five-yard line, shakes off the guy, carries two guys as he is running over or going over another, another Atlanta Falcons defender. So there was a total of four Atlanta Falcon players that made contact with Anthony McFarlane prior to him coming within the three-yard line. Anthony McFarlane willed his way into the end zone, very similar to, to Jalen Warren. Um, but in my opinion, a little bit more impressive because the, yeah, he had two guys on his back, a guy underneath of him, and he gets the ball into the end zone. Andy McFarlane is not the largest of men. And in fact, he's a little, little smaller guy. And so, you know, to see that will and determination, I think maybe perhaps that that may have solidified his spot as RB3 on the roster. I think he had a fantastic game. And, you know, he's a guy that when needed, he can do things. Now, what are the likelihood that he's ever going to be in the goal line situation? Probably not. You know, unless there's a health situation with Najee and Jalen Warren ahead of him, we should not see Anthony McFarland in that situation. But in the event that perhaps maybe, you know, if Najee were to go down for a game or two and during his absence, you know, Jalen Warren tweaks something and they need a third down back to come in to do some stuff. They want somebody that they can depend on that can do all aspects of being a running back, which is not just bouncing it out to, to the outside and, and hitting home run. You know, there's getting the nitty and gritty yards, the uh, goal line yards. And I think that Anthony McFarlane 
you know, showed that he had a determination to put it on the line to do his best, best effort to accomplish that. And for the rest of the game, it was pretty much just punts, a couple of uh, missed field goal by the Pittsburgh Steelers, and a, uh, another fumble by uh, the Atlanta Falcons. But the game ended with a 24-0 dominant, dominant performance by the Pittsburgh Steelers. Now, will this translate into the regular season? It seems like there's already a lot of questions being asked about that. And I, for one, think that it will. Your reason being, like I mentioned before at the top of the show, the players that were showing dominance in this game were the starters. It wasn't a middle-of-the-game surge. It wasn't a late-game comeback. Because those things are no you know, um, indication of where you know, your team is going to be at with the players that are going to be playing on Sundays that count, right? And so the fact that the Steelers were able to be dominant with the starters tells me that I think it is going to translate. You know, if I've said it a couple of times, if you're a betting person, I would go get the over on the uh, eight and a half wins that Vegas has on the Pittsburgh Steelers. There is absolutely no way it is possible that the Steelers are going to go backwards after last last year. You know, they went nine and eight. You know, Kenny Pickett didn't have a full offseason, right? And when he did come in, it was in the fourth game against the Jets, right? He came in the middle of the, uh, the game. The next four games were the most daunting aspect of his schedule. And you're going up against teams that, you know, one being the uh, – Buffalo Bills, who was the Super Bowl favorite last year. Another team was the Eagles, who would eventually become the NFC uh, representatives in the Super Bowl. Miami and Tampa Bay, who were teams on the rise. And the Steelers go one and three in that situation. But then it started to turn around. There was a bye week after that. The Pittsburgh Steelers started to turn around. They started to push the ball down the field, score points. By the end of it, they put themselves in a position to almost make the playoffs. So now that Kenny Pickett has a full offseason, a less daunting of a schedule, more time with his offensive coordinator and his receiving group, do we really? are we really supposed to expect this team to go backwards? I don't think so. I don't think so. I think that there's still some mainstream media folks that are sleeping on the Steelers that are in for a wide awakening when this team comes out and performs dominantly. But you'll still have your naysayers and your disbelievers, and they'll probably come out if those go out and in Shore Stadium for week one and dominate against the uh, San Francisco 49ers. We'll hear, oh, Brock Purdy wasn't ready and all this other stuff. Steelers can never get any credit. Never at all. Never at all. Well, it was a dumb performance last night. It was a dominating preseason for the Pittsburgh Steelers. Uh, make sure you go check out all the other podcasts that are on this platform. You have, you know, the uh, Let's uh, let's Ride with uh, Jeff Hartman that airs a few times a week. 
at Geek with Dave Schofield, Bad Language with Brian Anthony Davis, and much, much more. You know, Mondays, The Hangover, you know, go check it out on YouTube. We do it live. It's at 5 p.m. Eastern. It'll air out on the audio side only a little bit later on that evening. Don't want to miss that one. We're going to be probably talking about, you know, 53-man roster prediction. You don't want to miss it. So um, make sure you go and follow, subscribe, and do all those other things where you can. That's all I got for you today. I'll see you guys on Monday. Have a good week. Peace.